0: our limitations self-doubt and limiting beliefs about ourselves why do we give them so much power i'm simon caruso and this is the limitless man podcast speaking to those who doubted their own doubts and overcame limitations to pursue their very own limitless potential Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. Today is all about fear. Now we've all got fears. We've all got stuff that holds us back. And I'm so proud to say today we've got arguably the world's number one fear strategist with us right here. He is a multi-award winning international speaker, a multi-time best-selling author, but he's also someone who used to be terrified of speaking to strangers and who allowed this fear to hold his life back for decades. Until one day, finally, he had a panic attack or one too many, which forced him to realize that he needed to do something different to what he was doing. So for him, this something was immersing himself in the study of NLP, hypnosis and coaching, and he became certified at the, train, the trainer level. And he used his skills, not just to conquer his own fears, but then to start to help others overcome their own. So whether it's freedom from fears and phobias, freedom from unhelpful habits, or freedom from mindset blocks, over the last 12 years, this gentleman has helped thousands of people around the world to gain the freedom to be, do, and have what they want the most. Keith Blake Noble, welcome to the Limitless Man podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Simon. Thank you so much. I
0: hope I pronounced your name correct. I was going to ask you this before I... Is that is that right? Did I get that right? You got it perfect. Oh, you got ex- it absolutely right. <laughs> no worries. Excellent. That's quite a story. I just want to start, Keith, by you telling us, you know, your background. Obviously, you know, 20 years or two decades in IT. So I'm assuming, you know, you're around 40 years of age or thereabouts in your working career before you've sort of... Switch careers, just tell us about the lead up to that how you got into i t in the first place, and sort of how you've become the man you've become today
1: yeah sure it's uh yeah, it's quite a journey uh, I'll give you the condensed version, otherwise it'll take us forty years. i don't think uh, anyone's <laughs> got time for that um, so yeah um i mean i I grew up first first few years I grew up uh it was just me, my mum, and my dad, and we lived in the middle of nowhere. And then we moved to a small village when I went to school and, uh, I had a sister came along at that point as well and, uh, did well at school, but I was always really shy, which kind of makes it hard making friends and so on. Uh, when I did make friends, it was cool. I, I hang out with them a lot, but it's just that making new friends. It's, it's so tricky. And then I went to, went to university. I was studying, um, computer and microprocessor engineering, uh, cause I, uh, went to university in the sort of mid to late eighties. So it was kind of just at the time when the, the home computer boom had, had started computing was, was really taking off for, for the masses and so on. That's kind of how I got into, into computing. Yeah. Um, went, went through, went through life, uh, ended up working in, in IT, as you said, for for 20 years. Um Became a fellow of the British Computer Society, which is kind of like as, as high as us mere mortals can get in there. In, uh, yeah. The only way to be a level higher is to be Bill Gates, and I was told that position was already taken. So, who knew? um So, yeah, I was work- working in IT for for twenty years, re- re- enjoying it, um sorting sorting uh, all all sorts of computing problems out. I ended up running a department where I had people reporting to me from uh, in three different continents. So. Um, yeah, I was doing quite doing doing well with that, but still had those that, that fear, that terror of uh, speaking with strangers, mm. which um, kind of meant it was it meant my career plateau because once you reach a certain level, it's no longer what you know, but it's kind of who you know that gets you the, the new roles. And that, that's not that's not to say anything negative about it When when you're going for high up roles. People are going to kind of want to know that this is someone they can trust before they'll even bring you into it to to interview you. So obviously it's through connections you make it, networking and seminars and all these sorts of things. And I would see these seminars advertised for various topics in IT because it's one of those fields that you really do need to keep up to date with because it's changing so quickly. And I'd see them. I think, oh, this looks interesting. I'll go to that. Then I'd look at the, the agenda and I'd see right at the top the words which which used to instill fear in into me first thing registration and coffee and it's like oh man that means i got to speak with people oh yeah. i used to hate it i'd often find excuses not to go um so career kind of re- reached that plateau um <clears throat> still i was living at that point i was living uh because i the, i was born and brought up in the northeast of scotland that's where i live now but i was living down near london so a long way away from, from childhood friends, et cetera. So a very small social circle, um, plodding along. And in, the, in those days, this was sort of just before the likes of Facebook and other social media came yeah. on. So I was in an, in an online community, <clears throat> um, a dedicated website, online community, all that sort of thing. And somebody suggested, Hey, it's getting close to Christmas. Why don't we, why don't we all get together in London and have a Christmas party? Now, normally, if somebody had said, hey, let's or get into a room full of strangers and have have a party, my immediate reaction would have been, oh, I can't make it. Mm-hmm. Something, something, something in my mind said, you know what? You've been chatting with these people for nearly a year now online. Oh, let's go. How hard can it be? And so I got there and I found out exactly how hard it could be because I'd forgotten there's a big difference between Typing away on a on a computer keyboard to somebody, and actually being there face to face with people and having to have real live interactive conversations, yeah, uh, it's a completely different thing. Yeah. And uh, I ended up having a panic attack. I locked myself in the in a cubicle in, in the in the gents uh, for about twenty thirty minutes just to let my heart stop pounding and all the sweats and everything. It's about twenty thirty minutes to uh, calm down enough to be able to actually flee the building because I, I was terrified at that point. And I, I, I ran, didn't stop running until I, I got to the train station. I didn't even go to call in at the cloakroom to collect my coat because that would have meant speaking to someone. And at that point, I just couldn't speak to anyone. Yeah. I just got myself in such a state. Didn't really calm down until the train was pulling out of the station and, and taking me home. And I remember really clearly thinking, you know what? This sucks. You can't go through life like this anymore. What is life going to be like in 10 years time if you don't do anything? It's going to, it's going to suck. It's horrible. And that was the point I decided, you know, what, enough's enough. I have to do something. I didn't know at that point what, but yeah. that was the trigger that made me go, I have got to do something because I cannot go on like this. Um, and I was in, in, in my early 40s, at uh, very early 40s at that yeah. point and a month or two later a friend took me along to a personal development uh, seminar that was in London a two and a half day free event Um, I almost didn't go because we we'd got there registered waiting for us all to go into into the main thing and I was flicking through the the manual that you get the workbook just to see what's going on and I saw a thing at the back of it that it said my new my new contacts and friends I was like Oh God, I'm gonna speak with people. I turned <laughs> to my friend and said, I can't do this. You go in, I'm going back to the hotel. You enjoy yourself. I'll see you in it. Uh, my friend said, No, it's all right. I will stick with you the whole way. I won't leave you alone. I'll be with you the whole way. You promise? Yes. Okay, well, I'll come in for the Friday evening session. I can't <laughs> promise I'll stay for the weekend, but I'll I'll give it a go. But anyway, I, I went in and and I enjoyed it. Got a lot of <clears throat> got a lot of um Good stuff from it. Made some changes. It's one of those where they were they took you through various processes, and you, you could start to make make change. Yeah. Um. Because it was a free event, it, they make their money by selling you into of their course. training. Yeah. The the game, yeah. Yeah. Just
0: yeah. Yeah.
1: Just perfect. Perfectly valid. I mean, they they were open op- yeah, upfront about right. it the whole way through, so you, you knew it was coming. It's not like you've been conned into it. Um. And they had this one particular exercise where, first of all, they demonstrated it on someone So got a member of the audience up and this was this guy had always wanted to dance on stage but he was terrified and at this point i was quite close to the stage because you you change seating after every break so i was quite close to the stage at this point i i could see him you could see sort of the uh, fear in his eyes as he was there but the um of course the uh, person leading the course took him took him through a process to overcome that fear and then basically beckoned the um a V guy who then queued a piece of music, he stepped back and just let the uh, the audience member there. he was just dancing away to this music. Mm. Complete change in like oh. 20 minutes, half an hour. And I was I remember thinking, hmm. Either this is a, a good actor or it's genuine.
0: Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, and the chances of finding an actor that good mm. that nobody's ever heard of and doesn't appear on any books. That's going to be pretty rare. So eh, it's probably genuine. I went through the stuff, made made some changes myself. Thought, You know, this stuff seems to work. I know. I'll learn this stuff and use it to sort myself out. So me being me, I just took all of their trainings. So they were teaching, coaching, NLP, hypnosis, uh, yeah. speaking uh, from stage, all that. So I thought, you know what? I'm just going to take the entire lot. Why not? If you're going to do it, do, do the whole lot. Um, <clears throat> thinking i would just use it to sort myself out and then carry on with my uh, IT career see if i could boost it uh, boost it to the next yeah.
0: level that was your intention um, at the time yeah
1: exactly yeah. that was my intention at the time it was just let's do this get rid of all this 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 shyness this fear and then see where we can take the, take the uh, IT career and as I was, I was going through the the training courses and i was really really enjoying it uh, really really enjoying it um and i noticed so it's one of those courses where they teach you a bit of content you then break into groups of two or three and you 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 do the the exercises with each other so you get to experience it and then you all get back together and have a debrief and I know that's after a while I was sort of noticing every time I was in a group doing the exercises somebody the person I was working with would always say oh you're really good at this and I would sort of think oh it's just the sort of thing we say to each other just to kind of Of course. Cheer each other on. Yeah, 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 you're really good as well yourself. Um, but after a while I kind of started noticing they always say it to me, but they don't seem to always be saying it to each other. Maybe I am good at this. Who knows? Um got got through all that stuff, went, went back to work, told told some friends that what I'd done, and one person said, Hey, can that help me? I'm terrified of spiders. Can that help me? Yeah, of course. Come on, let's do it. And got rid of their, their fear of spiders. A couple of other people wanted help with stuff yeah no problem let's let's do it and I was thinking actually I really enjoy this I'm starting to get a bit jaded with the IT I've been in it for 20 years and I don't know if it was the IT I was getting a bit bored with or whether because I've been with the same company for a very long time and offers politics and all that sort of stuff um so I was starting to get jaded with the career I was thinking you know it would be lovely to have to be, be become a coach because mm. the results that I'm helping these people get, that you're seeing the, the, the changes in them. It's it's so good, and I really enjoy it. But I had the high-paying IT job. I had all the outgoings that go with it. I couldn't afford to take, effectively, the pay cut. I couldn't afford to lose the salary and then yeah. step into complete unknown. One of the things I was thinking is, oh, I wouldn't be able to keep the mortgage. I'd have to sell the house. And I like this house. I worked hard for this house. Um, And then a magnificent stroke of luck a short while later my boss calls me into the office and says i'm really sorry because of the financial situation with the company and so on we're going to have to make your position redundant mm. Here's a wheelbarrow full of cash never come back and I was like interesting yeah, if i, I was you. looking for a sign this was it i didn't even think yeah. about looking yeah i didn't even think about looking for another it job sort of right let's take another one as a, as a as a um, insurance as a safety net i just right okay headlong into coaching now and that's that was how I uh got into became a coach and um yeah it's it's taken me around the world and helped a lot of people in that time it's been really good fun it's
0: amazing I I love the story (laughs) because it's so relatable there'd be so many people (laughs) right now who whatever career they're involved in you know like they've we all have fear all of us right Mm -hmm. so the first the first question I want to just throw at you is what is your definition of fear like there's so many different definitions out there you know our false evidence appearing real you know that's one of the acronyms used out there yeah. give me your thoughts on on that and just your straight up definition on, on what fear is for you
1: yeah sure so fear I mean to me fear is it's, it's a learned, it's something we've learned we're not born scared of anything uh, as as parents of really young babies will will, will attest, they're, they're fearless. You can kind of stop them throwing themselves off things, and also we're, we're we're not born scared of anything. So we we learn fear. We learn it through either observing others. Like if you see uh, a parent or guardian freaking out every time they see a spider, when you're really young, you pretty quickly <laughs> learn right. That's what we do. We see one of those, we freak out. Got it. Uh, or we have a really bad experience. Um, like if you stick your hand in the fire and it burns, you're not going to go, "Oh, I wonder if it'll happen next time." You're going to go, "Whoa, let's stay away from this thing." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or you get taught, you get taught for you. Um, there's, uh, there's four words which I'm willing to bet pretty much everybody catching this has heard. Um, Don't talk to strangers. You <laughs> <laughs> all get taught that, right? And it's it, there's no two ways about it. It it, it, it ha- has saved lives. No two ways about it. But here's the thing. When was the last time somebody said to you, Hey, you know what? You're big enough. You're grown up now. You know what you're doing. It's okay to talk to strangers. We never get told that.
0: No, that's right.
1: (laughs) Sometimes when, when we get told, don't talk to strangers, because there's so much fear in in our parents, because they know what could happen. They know what could happen. And that fear comes across and it doesn't come across as don't talk to strangers. It comes across more as, or to us, it feels like it's coming across as "Don't you dare talk to a stranger," because if you talk to a stranger, they'll kill you to death. And mommy and Daddy will be very up. It'll be your fault because you spoke to a stranger. <laughs> like, whoa! Anyone does. So many people have this fear about connecting with with others. So fear is something we learn, and it's basically—it's our um our mind spotting things which could be a threat to us because. Way, way, way back in the dim distant past, our, our ancestors, millennia ago, hundreds of thousands of years ago, we were uh, we weren't top of the food chain. We were actually quite a tasty snack mm-hmm. for for many other beasts that were around. There were so many dangers out there, and our mind had to be alert for anything which could pose a threat to us, could try yeah. to kill us, could try to eat us, or whatever. And it would spot these things, and if it spotted something, it would put us into a state of alert, which would basically stop us doing whatever we were doing attract our attention and it would also flood us with uh with hormones you know with uh, adrenaline and all these sorts of things just to pair us prepare us so we could either fight for our life or flee for our life and that, that's obviously worked because we wouldn't be here today if it right. hadn't worked we've evolved but it takes a lot long 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 time for the for the for the brain to to, to evolve so our mind is still thinking there's lots of dangers out there now that there are but it's not not like it used to be, but our mind is still spotting things which anytime it sees something that's dangerous, it immediately uh flags that as oh risk this is a a threat to life, and if something is a threat to our life, you better believe it's going to do everything it can to uh, attract our attention, yeah. which is where fear comes in it's, it's basically our mind saying, "Whoa, stop, check this out so um fear we we have all sorts of different symptoms of fear sometimes it could be yeah that's like uneasy feeling in your stomach or or from that to to, to full on terror and anywhere in between but it's it's all our mind alerting us to something yeah and that's why i mean you, you mentioned the, the um false evidence appearing real or yeah. we also get told to face the fear and do it anyway i don't i don't buy into that sort of thing to me um i actually believe that fear is our friend which is a, a pretty strange it's like well, how can it be a friend it terrifies me but think about think about it this way let's let's imagine uh, just imagine uh, imagine someone you're going on a journey you're in yeah. a car driving somewhere nice driving on a journey everything's going fine enjoying the day lovely view roads are nice and clear cruising along nicely and all of a sudden bam on comes a light on the dashboard At this point, you've got three options. You could either bail out of the car, run away screaming and vowing never to get in a car again in case a light comes on. An extreme reaction, but you could. Yeah. Or you could decide, you know what? I'm just going to ignore that. I'm going to pretend it's not real. I'm just going to carry on, which is fine until whatever caused that light to come on becomes a major problem and your car breaks down. Or you could go, okay, this light is simply telling me there's something that needs my attention. It's not trying to. It's not trying to ruin my day. It's not trying to scare me. It's simply saying, it's simply my car's way of saying, hey, something needs attention. Mm. At which point I notice what the light is. I feel grateful that the manufacturers have put this warning system in so that I can uh, be uh, alerted to this before it becomes a major problem. And Acknowledge the light, figure out what is the problem? How urgent is it? And is it something I can address or do I need an expert? Mm. And so for example, if it's the just fuel warning light, then you know, hey, it's all right. I've got maybe 30 miles left on the tank, and I've got a spare can in the, in the, in the back of the car. I'm good. I, I know there's another petrol station coming up. Yeah, we're fine. We'll, we'll get to that. On the other, or it might be um, your service warning lights. Like, okay, within the next couple of thousand miles, I'll, I should probably book it in for a service. Or it might be saying, hey, your brake fluid's uh, drained, in which case you're right. Oh, we need to stop right away yeah. and fix yeah. it. And that is the same with fear. Fear is just your mind saying, hey, sorry to interrupt today, but there's this thing, this thing that needs our attention. Now, does that mean that if, if you're going to do something you feel scared, you shouldn't do it? Not at all, not at all. Uh, I mean, take speaking on, on stages, for example. Mm. It terrifies the heck out of a lot of people. Yeah. But does that mean if you feel scared that you shouldn't go on stage? No, not at all. What it means is your unconscious mind is going, look, look, I've spotted something here that you might've overlooked, which could cause us a problem. Acknowledge that and kind of take that mental step back and say, okay, so what, why is I'm scared? What about this is scaring me? Why does that scare me? And you can then figure out what's going on. And from there you can start to make plans. I mean, it might be, oh, they might all laugh at me. They've come here to hear you. They're not, really going to take this time out of the data to, to heckle to come here and sit there just so they could heckle you they have come mm-hmm. here because they want, want to, to learn what what you have to say yeah or it might be oh i'm going to forget what i i might what happens if i forget what i what i was going to talk about well you can there are various ways around that but at least you know that's the problem once you address that problem then the the, the fear is 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 much much less yeah. So whatever situ- situation we're in when we get scared fear is basically it's that warning light on the dashboard just saying hey there, there's something here you need you need to take a look at it might be nothing it might be something but either way address it work with your unconscious to resolve that issue then you can move forward much more much more purposefully because basically your unconscious loves you dearly it wants you to succeed and it's also protecting you so if it spots something it thinks could be a threat, a risk or a threat, it's going to alert you to that. It's going to keep alerting you to that. It's not going to, if, if it kind of makes you a bit scared and you go, ah, no, it'll be all right, Your unconscious and isn't going to go, Oh, Oh, okay. Then <laughs> your unconscious is going to go, no, listen, listen. it's going to get yeah. louder and louder and, and, until it gets your attention, which is why, um, you <clears throat> me face the fear and do it anyway as a, as a, as a concept is such a, such an unhelpful thing. Cause let's face it. If it was that easy, we would all do it. Right. Yeah. But it's, it's not about ignoring the fear. It's not about denying the fear. It's about working with it. It's about okay. taking it on board and going, okay, so what is it's What's behind this fear so I can start addressing it. And what I've noticed is when, when people do this, the more we do this, I mean, to start off with, it is it is quite quite difficult because when you're in the midst of fear, it's difficult to to, to think rationally and so on. But the more we do this, the more you're, we start to pay attention to the signs and signals from our unconscious mind. So we start to reach the point where we notice there's something niggling at the back of our mind long before it's become a fear. We kind of almost get this, you know, like spidey sense tingling. And like, oh, oh, I think there's, there's something here and we can check in with our, with our unconscious self. Mm. We start to listen to it more. So what happens there is we get warned about the situation. We get to address it all and resolve these things long before it reaches the point of our unconscious shouting at us and, and creating fear, which is why I say fear is our friend because the more we listen to it, I, again, I stress it's not going, oh, I'm scared of that, so I'm not going to do it. It's going, okay, That the prospect of doing that Scares me. Yeah. What specifically do? What am I missing? What do I need to resolve so I can go ahead and really ace doing this and enjoy it?
0: So, what's the first step to really changing that relationship? Because you know, for most of us, and I'll put me in this category as well. You know, I mean, even this podcast, I for years I was thinking about doing it and I didn't do it. You know, and I had some people around me that helped me, you know, overcome that and start to take the steps to do it. Like, what would be the first steps? people could actually put in place to start to embrace this fear. I love the analogy of the dashboard light, the dashboard lights, you know, in a car. I think that's brilliant. But what would doing that so they can actually, you know, give themselves a, a chance to move forward?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Um, I think the first thing to recognize is, that it may well be that you always have a bit of bit of fear. You'll feel a bit scared about doing, doing whatever it is that you're doing. And that's okay. Yeah. Um, I know there are, there are top performers, top actors, top speakers who do get a bit of nerves before, before going on, on, on stage. Um, and for many of them, they see that. I mean, I, I get that myself sometimes as well. It's like, Whoa. But then you get yeah. out there and it's all fine. To me, that is actually a good sign that, is a sign that you care enough about what you're doing that you want to make it right. Um, I mean, I've known of, of many who've said, you know, the day I have no no nerves before going on stage is the day I quit because yeah. that's when I'm no longer putting everything into it. That's when I'm just turning up, going through the motions, and going off. That's when, it, and I'm no longer serving the audience at that point. So recognize that there are going to be things where you do get a bit of nerves, you do get a bit on edge, you get a bit of oh, and that's okay be okay with that. So it's not about completely, it's not necessarily about completely eliminating the fear, Yeah. but knowing that 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 sort of fear disappears once you get into it, because you're then in the flow of of doing your podcast or doing your performance or whatever it is, and you're fine. But how can you get to that point where you can actually carry through that fear and actually do the, 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 the thing? I would say probably the first step is to acknowledge that this is simply your unconscious warning you that it spotted something. It doesn't know whether this something is is genuinely dangerous or whether it's okay, okay. but it spotted something, and it's not going to shut up until that something is addressed. Okay. So, and and so, sometimes that gets addressed just by doing it. At which point the unconscious goes, "Oh, oh, that was all right." But it's not always easy to do that. That's where face the fear and, and do it anyway comes in. If you can push through and ignore all of those warning signs and then do the thing and do it well and not mess up and not uh have an unpleasant experience then you can you can push through and do it but so often we either reach a point where it's it's too much for us mm. to, to break through or we do it and something goes wrong and our mind goes ah see told you this was bad and that strengthens the fear even more which is why it's, it's such an unhelpful way to go about it so the first thing would be to acknowledge this is just telling me there's something uh, that we need to, 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 check. So maybe take that mental step back <clears throat> Excuse me. and just sort of ask yourself, okay, what is it that I'm scared of? Why am I scared? What specifically about this scares me? Why does that scare me? Hmm. I get really, really curious. It's as it's, it's if you're sort of, analyzing a problem you're digging really okay so that scared me but why why is it that that the thought of doing that scares you yeah me? and keep asking yourself why and keep digging so don't just don't just go with the first thing keep digging i mean there's there's um there's a there's a process sometimes called the six whys where basically you just in effect ask why get an answer ask why again and go through that like six times it can sometimes get a bit frustrating. Oh, well, I've told you, yeah, but why? Why? And eventually, the underlying root cause will then will then come out. Mm. Because sometimes what happens is the, there's a kernel, the the, the real underlying cause is there, but our mind gives us something a bit more abstract to deal with, partly because it doesn't want us to to face this this danger, and yes. because yeah, partly because it just feels. You're not going to take me seriously and Mm -hmm. it's a bit embarrassing. And you'll probably laugh at me. So I'll just give you this and hope it shuts you up and stops you doing it. But once your mind gets, oh, you're serious about you really want to know. Because you really want right. Okay, well, okay. There it is. And at some point you go, ah, that's what it is. Okay. So this is what's real this is the the root cause. This is like the the pebble in the the stone in the shoe or, or or whatever it is. This is this is what's underneath it all then you can start to work out, okay, is it is it uh, sufficiently big that I need to address it? Or can we just go, well, you know what, it is going to be a bit scary, but that's the reason that we're scared. And hey, you know what, even if it goes wrong, it's not the end of the world, so let's just suck it up and do it and see where we go. Or are you going to go, okay, yeah, I can see why that would be mm. off-putting. What can I do to work around it? What can I do <clears throat> to make make sure there's less chance of that happening? And to put in place safety nets, so even if it does happen, it's not the end of the world. It does mean, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry about that. It does mean you kind of have to take yourself out of the situation. Um, and pre- preparation is, is, is the, the earlier you can prepare this, the, the better. Which again is why don't ignore fears, because it's just going to keep building. But the earlier you become aware of that fear, the earlier you can start doing this, the more time you have to, to mm. put your your measures in place, and uh, that so the easier it becomes. So if you're if the MC has just announced, uh, "Please welcome to the stage, Simon," and you're going, "Oh, geez, I can't go on stage now." Ah, that's probably a little bit late. You really ought you needed somebody just to push you on the stage. You're like, yeah. Oh, right, huh, well we're here. Let's do it. But if it's like, okay, I'm booked to do that in a weeks in a month's time, like, oh, you know what? Ooh, I'm feeling a bit uneasy about that. That gives you that month to identify what's going on and, and to put in place whatever you need to, to help yourself work around it. Mm. Or if it is sufficiently um, sufficiently big and deep-seated a fear that you, you just cannot get over it, there is always the option to to seek help from, uh, from, um, from a coach or, or a therapist yeah. or whatever to, to help you basically unlearn whatever it was that, that taught you that fear. And that can be done really quickly as well.
0: Yeah. I want to ask you about your ability to, you know, stop holding yourself back. You know, I love the term because I think we all do, we all do this. You know, we put ourselves in this box and we we're like, mm. Oh, that's it. Oh, I can't do any more than what I'm doing at the moment. And I just can't move past where I am. And yet we have this desire to want to do something mm. different, you know? So you know, effectively it's like we're not being ourselves, you know, like we're, we want to be ourselves, but we're scared. We're worried about what other people think. I'll say judgment's a big thing as well. So mm-hmm. for you personally, I mean, you came from this background of IT and now you're speaking on stages or have spoken on stages all around the world. You know, what would you say is, was the thing that sort of got you moving in that direction? How were you able to make that shift or what was one of the first things you did to, to go right i'm i've had enough and i'm going to start moving my life in, in this direction
1: yeah got it um so the the big thing was when i learned learned these tools initially just to, to sort myself out yeah uh yeah. I, I found helped other people and i got the chance to work with with uh, with somebody who was actually setting up in um in bali of all places setting up some uh, some um trainings out there okay and he knew that i he knew that I knew this stuff. He also knew that I worked in IT. He wanted help setting up his, his computer stuff out there. And I said, okay, well, I'll come out for three months, help you. And then I'm going back to the UK. And I'm going to carry on building up my own stuff. And he went, yeah, that's that's fine. That's fine. And um, <laughs> interestingly, remember I mentioned earlier that one of the things that was stopping me from leaving IT and going into coaching was my house because I liked the house and I, I didn't didn't want to risk losing it. Yeah. As soon as I made that decision to go to Bali, it was, right, okay, um, right. House onto the market, sell the house because then when I can, when I come back, I could live anywhere in the country. Like, yeah, interesting how sudden the shift can be from oh, I don't want to lose this to oh, right, we'll sell it and we'll find somewhere when I get back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I went out there. Now, when I was young, when I was younger, uh, you know, a kid in uh, early teens and so on. One of the, I had uh, three, three ambitions, three different things that I wanted to do. I either wanted to be a, a, an author. Or I wanted to be a hypnotist. Or I wanted to be a performer on stage. Um, <clears throat> but the whole performer thing, obviously, that could never happen because I was I was terrified of strangers. And the thought of going on, I mean, if you can't speak to a stranger one-on-one, how are you going to go on stage and, and perform in front of people? Yeah. Oh, none, none of that ever happened. But I was, um, so I went out to Indonesia working with this guy. And one of the things they were doing was they were delivering trainings, which meant speaking in, in in front of uh, spe- uh presenting from stage and so on and one point they were short sure what one of their presenters hadn't turned up and he knew that i knew the content because I'd, I'd gone through it all i went do you want to present that bit it's like the day before i said do you, do you want to uh, present that 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 uh, couple of hour hour module like okay <laughs> so i went, went back went back to the hotel that night frantically learning and making sure i knew exactly the which bit was, was to be covered in that content? Went out, did it, and really enjoyed it. And uh, I was like, oh, I really like doing this. Yeah.
0: Know? Yeah. So you knew straight away that there was a bit of a yeah. buzz there. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I'm like, oh, it'd be nice to do more of this. Mm-hmm. And um, I ended up sticking, sticking there with a with the guy for 18 months there. And then we went back to the US for, for a few months. Uh, the plan was to get a, a green card, but that's really expensive and time consuming. Yeah. So at that point, I decided, you know what? been a good two years i'm going back to the uk now and that's what doing what what i do now but it was um it was kind of just grabbing the opportunity that 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 came along um and it it's it was already something that i'd always wanted to do when i was when i was growing up so it was already an ambition it was a something that i i loved the idea of but i could never find a way to do it and because i'd changed and i'd conquered my uh my uh anxieties and so on I was able to do it now did I sort of walk out onto the go Ah, oh, hello everyone no I was I was I was bricking it the first time but
0: yeah yeah
1: I still knew okay I can do this let's get through it and see what happens mm-hmm. and I, I had the whole thing of you know what even if the worst comes to the worst I do screw the whole thing up it's only a couple of hours out of a whole week yeah even if I fall flat completely it's not it's not going to finish it finish it's not going to cause massive problems it's going to finish my speaking career probably but it's not going to cause massive problems yeah (laughs) and so i was able to do it and kind of built up step by step so one of i mean you you mentioned that uh so often we want to do more stuff but we hold ourselves back we box ourselves in yeah and there's there's several things going on there one is we have our our self-doubts our our uh our negative self-beliefs We believe. Yeah, you know, it'd be lovely to do that, but oh, this is as, this is as good as it gets for me. This is as much as I can do. I can't really, I can't do that sort of thing. People like me don't do that. When we have these beliefs, yeah, we're not, we're not, we're not going to step out if we believe the box is as good as it gets for us. That's all we deserve. When, when beyond the box isn't for the likes of us, we're, we're not going to a- a- attempt to go to the box, go out of the box. So one of the things is work out why do I believe that. And those are beliefs which came from when we were growing up. Yeah, absolutely. And again, we we, we can change. Another thing, though, fear, uh, we often have fear of of stepping up and and, uh, doing something new. Fear of the unknown, all that sort of thing. Now, what holds people back there is so often we, we think we're scared of failure. It's like, oh, well, what if I attempt to do that and I fail? Oh, well, I'm going to look stupid. That's going to suck. Mm. So I'm not going to attempt it. So we, we think we're scared of failure and we allow that to hold us back. And even if we attempt to overcome it, we're trying to fight a fear of failure. But what really holds us back is actually fear of success, which sounds crazy. Like, why would I be scared yeah. of attempting something and succeeding in it? But think, think of it this way. Whatever situ- whatever box you're in, it might be uncomfortable in some ways. You might yearn for more, but there is still comfort in the familiarity. There's safety, the security. You know what to do. Yeah, it might be a bit boring and humdrum, but hey, there's going to be no surprises. You know yeah. what to do. You can handle it. If you step out of that box, step up to another level and succeed, we're now at a whole different level. We're facing a whole new situation, uncharted territory. It's like, oh, I've never been here before. I don't know what's coming next. That can get really scary for, for, for many of us. There are some who do thrive on the, the challenge of the unknown. But for most of us, it's like, Ooh, oh, I don't know what's going to happen now. And that is what gets scary. Yeah. That's what going of holds us back. We 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 almost self sabotage because our mind's going. Oh, you know, if we succeed in this, it's going to be really scary. I tell you what, let's let's. Do it. Oh, look, it failed. <laughs> I knew it would, but hey, it's all right. We know what to do. Yeah. So it's overcoming the fear of of success, which can be a, a massive thing for people. And how how can you overcome a fear of success? And I think uh, something that I I suggest to people is. The reason you're attempting to step up a level is because it's exciting. There's something about it that's attractive, it's exciting. It's oh yeah, there's something that's drawing you to it. Now, everything we do in life, it's, it's basically about minimizing pain. When you think about it, everything we do is about minimizing pain. We get more comfortable because it minimizes the pain. We eat because we're hungry and it it, it, it mm. is the pain that driving us to eat. So... We're not going to do something different unless the pain of staying the same is bigger than the pain of making that change.
0: Yeah, I love that. Yeah.
1: It's like ripping a plaster off. You know it's yeah. going to hurt, but you know it's going to be even worse if you keep it on there. So it's like, uh, oh, it's gone. Right. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're not going to move unless the, until the pain of staying the same is greater than the pain of moving and changing. So when we get excited about this, this new thing, we all the excitement about that, which means it actually hurts more not to have that than it hurts to attempt to to do it, which is what drives us to, to make that change. But that excitement can wear off very quickly when we then start to face the new pain of, well, I could do that. Oh, but that's going to be scarier and I'm not going to. That becomes a whole new load of pain which then means the pain of changing is more than the pain of staying the same. So we stay the same. So yeah. How can you overcome that? Remember what's driving you is the excitement of this new thing, the new possibilities, et cetera. Mm. So if going from A to B opens these possibilities, before you've even taken that step from A to B, just imagine, okay, when I'm at B, what's step C? And what are the possibilities that that opens up for me? So that you start getting really excited about going from B to C. In order to even think about going from B to C, you've got to get comfortable about being at B. Yeah. Which your mind is happy to do because like, well, yeah, yeah, we can do that because we want C. All of a sudden now you're getting excited, not about the first step, but about the second step. And mm. the only way for that excitement to be there is if you take the first step so now instead of going, right, we've got to step up to this new level, which is going to be scary. It's like, we want that level. We've got to step up to this level first to get there. Yeah, all right, let's step up to that level. And then we can look at that. So yeah. the fears about going to step B are minimized because not only have we got the excitement of B, we've got the excitement of C beyond that. Yeah. So you're kind of almost fooling yourself, almost, almost tricking yourself into looking at what's beyond where, where you're going mm. to have the excitement to pull you forward now again there will still be fears there will still be times you go oh god this is a bit scary but you're going oh god this is a bit scary but it's all right it gets me to that so uh, we'll get through it
0: yeah yeah i love the way you frame that you also speak about we've well, actually written a book about this the mask we wear and you know how dangerous they are and how how to actually remove them. So can you just talk about that? Because
1: yeah, sure. I believe we all
0: so, wear we all wear a mask. Okay. So regardless, we, do. we all do it. So,
1: Absolutely. Yeah. We we all we yeah. all wear we, oh, we all wear multiple masks. And usually when I mention this, people are going, What are you talking about? I'm not wearing a mask. And those are the really dangerous ones. They're the masks we've been wearing so for so long. Yeah, we completely forget that they're even there. And these masks, uh, we, we we put them on for, for self-preservation, for safety, to, to protect us, because we think there are people out there who will dislike us. Mm. So if we, if we pretend not to be who we are, if we pretend not to like certain things, if we pretend not to think certain things, maybe those people won't dislike us. And that's where we start wearing all of these masks, trying to pretend to be, some, be someone mm. we're not. The problem with that is, When you wear those masks, sure, those people might get a chance to like you because they don't see that thing that they dislike. But the more you get to interact with those people, the more they get to know you, the more the chance of the mask slipping or cracks appearing in the mask and they get to see the real you underneath. Mm -hmm. And if that real you has a belief or a a value or a a hobby they really dislike, they're going to dislike you anyway. Yeah. Because they've suddenly seen that part of me. They're gonna dislike you. In fact, they're gonna dislike you even worse because you were fooling them. Mm. And we really hate it when someone someone fools us and someone, someone lies to us. So they're gonna dislike you even more. So wearing those masks didn't stop them disliking you. In fact, it might have made it even worse. And the flip side is people who would get who would like you for who you are, what you think, what you do they don't even get a chance to like, because they don't even see that sign because it's completely hidden. It's like, imagine you've got a shop and inside you are filled with wonderful treasures and gifts and things that people really need. Some people hate them, but some people really like them and need them. But you're scared that some people might judge what's in the shop. So Mm -hmm. you, you shutter the window so no one can see inside. You don't have a sign. You lock the door so nobody can stumble in and you hide the shop down, down an alleyway. And then you wonder why nobody comes and visits the shop. Yeah. That's what happens when we wear all these masks. And they, the reason we wear those masks is, is flawed. Because we, we think, oh, if I, wear, if I pretend not to be that thing, then people will like me. See, the thing is, when, yeah, nobody likes to be disliked. It's a, a basic human, mm. human fundamental need. We, we like to be liked. Yeah. But throughout the whole history of humanity, Nobody has been universally liked. Nobody has. Everyone has had their detractors, even the great spiritual or religious leaders or cultural leaders. They've all had their detractors. And it's okay. Because when you think about it, there are people who you dislike and yet you know other people who who like that person. We all like and dislike different people. And that's absolutely fine.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you said that. Don't focus on the people who
1: dislike you. Focus on the people who like you. Find the, the people mm. who like you, which is easier to do when you don't have your masks. They get yeah. attracted to you and, you. and life becomes, yeah, a little bit more scary perhaps, but it becomes a whole lot more enjoyable because you don't have to pretend anymore. And that gets really draining. Mm. Constantly pretending, having to watch what you say. Whereas when you can just be you, doesn't matter what anyone else thinks, you can just enjoy being you. And you start That's- to attract to you the other people who like the same sorts of things.
0: I think you're right. I mean, just having that acceptance that, you know what, look, not everybody's going to like me and even whether I'm wearing the mask or not, you know, I might as well just be myself. Yeah. You know, like just be me (laughs) because yeah, some people will love it and other people they just won't, it's not going to be them they're not going to gravitate to you and and that's fine. And I think that's definitely, that's a learning for me over the last Mm. few years that I've, obviously I've had to go through and, and one of the reasons I was holding myself back as well, you know, initially. So yeah, absolutely. It can, can completely relate to what you're saying there.
1: Yeah. I another way to think of it is, is um, it's like this. I mean, yes, some people like you, some will dislike you, but what about you? Do yeah. you enjoy being the person who doesn't get to express who they are? Yeah. No, probably not. But if you remove those masks, yeah, so what? People don't like you. You get to do what you enjoy doing.
0: Yeah. And surely yeah. it's
1: even if you are the only person doing it, you're enjoying it, you're having yeah. fun, you're enjoying life. That's yeah. infinitely better than not enjoying life because you're going to try and suppress everything.
0: Yeah, I agree. And that and that's that's number one for me. It's you know, am I happy? doing what I'm doing are you happy doing what you're doing because that, they're the questions guys that you got to ask yourself you know because yeah. if you're just doing it because you want people to like you or you think it's the right thing to do then you probably want to ask better questions about whatever it is you're doing and mm-hmm. you know like you spoke about before Keith you know it's about asking questions why am I scared of this you know why be curious like I've got two little kids myself you know and I say this all the time, they're the biggest teachers. You know, I watch them and they're so curious and they're, they, they try and they, they just, and, and somewhere along the line, we lose that ability, whether that gets conditioned out of us, you know, when we, we go through school or we, we get a job or whatever it is. But I think we definitely lose that ability to, to be curious and ask ourselves those questions. So yeah, it's, uh, it's so relatable what you're saying. I've got. I've got a couple more questions before I let you go. I'm, I'm a bit mindful of the time. So I want you to talk about, I know you're writing another book called Anti-Manipulation. Is that right? Did I get yeah. that right?
1: You did. Absolutely okay. right. Tell us, tell us
0: about well, manipulation and anti-manipulation and what the book actually represents.
1: Sure. So one of the things that I've, I've noticed, I mean, I've been in the personal development industry for about 12 years now. And I know this happens in many other industries as as, as well, but my experiences of this industry—that's where it's where it's yeah. originally uh, coming from. This there's a lot of the tools that we have are very very good for for helping people to to change their mindset and and, and overcome fears and all all of the overcome blocks and all all of the all of these sorts of things. However, the thing with any any tool. A tool is neither good nor bad, but it's mm. it's how we use it. So a hammer can be really good for hammering in nails and building a house. It can be really good for smashing a window to break into a house. The hammer isn't good or bad; it's it, it's how we use it. Yeah, and it's it's the same with so many of these so many of these tools. Um, particularly the tools from the the realms of NLP, etc. Et um because ALP is, is designed to work with, with the unconscious and work with emotions and work with, with the way our unconscious works, and we use that to help people make positive, lasting change, there are ways some of those tools can be misused to, to manipulate people, particularly to manipulate people into, into buying our stuff, whether it's a service or a product or an idea people can kind of misuse these as part of their arsenal to, to kind of push us into buying, buying something that we didn't, didn't, uh, didn't necessarily want or or need. And um, there's, there's some really insidious ways that that that, that is done. Um, And it's throughout many, many industries as well. And over the years, I've kind of been seeing more and more of these things. And I was thinking somebody should expose this because in the wrong hands, these tools can be can be pretty nasty. So you mm. should expose these so that at least when you're aware of what's happening and what goes on, you can be a, a bit more alert for it. You can go, "Oh, I see what they're doing there." Okay, let's mentally prepare ourselves and and um, not fall for the for the, the tricks uh, like the, it's the classic. Run to the back of the room now! We've only got ten more of these left. It's, no, you yeah, haven't. You've got <laughs> hundreds of them.
0: Yeah, yeah
1: but it gets people to go, Oh God, I better run and buy it now. Rather than think, do I need this? Do I really want to go? Oh, let's buy it before it sells out. And that, that's, I mean, it's its the classic example. So many of us know, mm. but that is just the tip of the iceberg. There's a whole lot more stuff that has been going on underneath in the build-up to that, to really get manipulate people into the point where they go, Oh, right. I'm going to run. Oh, let's do it. And I was thinking, people, somebody should ex- expose this, and nobody ever did. Nobody ever did. Nobody ever did until the end. I thought, you know what? I'm going to write it. I'm going to write the book that 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 tells people about about these things. Mm. Tells them how they work. Tells them how to spot them. Tells them how they can they can guard against it or protect against it, or at least when they notice it's happened, they can realize it's happened and quickly regain control of of, mm. of, of themselves and the, and the situation. And so that's what anti-manipulation is about. Is the, the name of the book. It's all about uh, it's all about exposing the tools, tricks, and techniques which the unscrupulous use to get us to buy, buy their stuff. And again, whether it's buying a course or, or buying a mm. product or buying an idea, because it's used a lot in politics and propaganda yeah. as well. A lot of these are. So it's it's just helping people to to be able to go, oh, okay, I see what's going on there maybe let's not just buy into this wholesale. Let's maybe explore it a little bit more ourselves and, and test, test things first before we, before we dive in. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of what it's, what it's all about.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I've got one last question about in regards to being limitless. This is what this podcast represents. It's about overcoming our own limitations through fear, through self-doubt, all these things, all these boxes that we put ourselves in. What does it mean for you to be limitless?
1: For me to be limitless, I think it's it's summed up by some of the words that you used from my bio, right, right at the, the very start. When, when uh, to be limitless means to be able to be, do, or have what you what you what you most want. Now it doesn't mean, hey, I can have everything because hey, we, we we can't have everything. I mean, for a start, where would you put it? <laughs> we can't have everything, but what it does mean is. You can have anything that 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 you want. Mm. There's, there's no limits, no external limits, but more importantly, no internal limits. You're not holding yourself back. You're not going, oh, I wish I could be a dot dot dot, but people like me can't do it. You you're not stopping yourself from being doing or having what you truly want.
0: Yeah, love it. Yeah. Keith it's been amazing mate like how do people find you how do they find your books and if they want to reach out to you is there a way people can actually reach out to you as well
1: sure uh i am blessed with having a unique name there is no one else on the planet with with the same name as me which means if you search on any search engine whatever comes up good or bad it's me so search on any of the search engines i'm on i'm on the the main all the the main socials under yeah. Keith Blake Monobo with no hyphen, just Keith Blake Monoble or one word, or just go to the website com. No spaces, no hyphen, just com. You'll find out about me, you'll find socials, you'll be able to connect there, and have
0: a chat. We'll have that in the notes, guys, as well. And in regards to the books, Keith, would that be available from your website as well, or is there another platform where people can actually have a look? And yeah, the
1: books uh, are available from the website. They're also available through, uh, I mean, they're available in paid paperback and in uh, ebook on yeah. all the, the main platforms so from your favorite book supplier or you can get them through the website or from the website it directs you to other places you can get them as
0: well excellent Keith. thanks again it's been a, a pleasure to have you on and yeah i've got a lot out of it personally to be honest so yeah and i'm sure everyone else has as you. well so it's been awesome I thank you mate. enjoyed it yeah thank excellent. you so much sir. thank you so much keith Thank you so much for listening, guys. If you got value from this, please give us a like and a subscribe and also share this with someone who you think may benefit having listened to it as well. I wish you all the very best in chasing what is your own version of your limitless potential.